Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dodges-Marmette. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Stephanie and I had such an amazing experience last week. We went to Healing Elements Yoga and Massage Studio in St. Anthony Park, which is really on the cusp of um, St. Paul and Minneapolis. And we went there and we took just a wonderful yoga class. We each had our you know, own massages. I had like an integrated massage, which I've never had before. And the therapist was so wonderful. What, what did you have? I had a deep tissue and I was had so much inflammation going on in my body. It was wonderful, wonderful. Probably one of the best massages I've had. Um, it's such a welcoming community too, Marnie. Like we sat before our massage and yoga class and we had tea. They have like a little, you know, tea coffee shop area and retail space. Which had the cutest little things. Like I could just spend time kind of browsing around in there. Yes. And um, it was just, it's such an authentic place. Like you really could feel that welcoming community and... Um, this inclusiveness and connectedness, really. And they have so many different services they offer. They have all different kinds of yoga classes, meditation classes, massage therapy they're doing workshops and special events and you can actually sign up to be a have like a massage membership so if you are someone that which is so cool yes so healing elements has an amazing offer for all of our listeners first-time customers can receive a one week of unlimited yoga classes for free and $15 off a massage treatment head on over to our show notes and you'll get the promo code you can either book online or you can call the studio. I cannot wait to go back. Either can I. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Art of Living Well podcast. Today's guest is Monica Heeland. She is a second generation acupuncturist and herbalist with a warm and innovative approach to whole body health. Monica is Minneapolis's active expert in digestive health, fertility, and cosmetic acupuncture. Her approach to healing stems from ancient remedies. Along with her clinical experience, she brings to her practice a deeply intuitive and gentle approach to acupuncture and Eastern medicine. So we are so excited to be talking with Monica today. Monica works out of Fusion Life Spa in Deep Haven, and it is just a beautiful, warm, and inviting space. Both Stephanie and I love coming there for services and massages and facials, and we definitely recommend that you go check it out. We had this conversation with Monica kind of right before the stay at home and the coronavirus scare. And so please keep that in mind as you are listening to this conversation. 
Monica, thank you so much for taking the time to be on our podcast today. My pleasure. Marnie and I are both on site. We took a little field trip to where Monica's practicing acupuncture right now at the Fusion Life Spa in Deep Haven, Deep Haven Minnesota. And Monica, you and I met a couple years ago. I was referred from a friend or a neighbor and started seeing you on a regular basis. Um, and we're just like, so excited to bring all things acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine to our audience today. Um, so with that, do you want to get started just by sharing a little bit about your background sure. and how you got into acupuncture and maybe your main areas of focus? Yeah. Uh, so I grew up with an aunt who was an acupuncturist in my family. And I was big into dance growing up, and I would injure an ankle or a hip or something like that. And my mom would bring me in to see my aunt Diana, and uh, she'd like fix me right up. It was just like magic. And wow. um, I didn't necessarily think I'd be an acupuncturist. I had many interests, mostly in the arts, in design and architecture. Um, but I finished my undergrad, and I saw you know all my friends getting their first jobs, and I went, hmm. I don't know. Um, and I really admired my aunt having her own business and being her own boss. And I knew I wanted to help people. And so I went straight from undergrad to my master's degree in Chinese medicine. And can I ask what your undergrad was in? Communication studies. Okay. So I studied abroad and I lived in Europe for a while. And um, that was that. So I didn't necessarily have a medical background. Um, but then I uh, got my master's in Chinese medicine and then opened up shop. Um, as a um, single solo practice provider in Minneapolis, and I did that for eight years. And uh, now I'm at Fusion Life Spa in a more collaborative setting, and um, I've been here for about a year and really enjoying it here too. So, Can you tell us a little bit about like what is acupuncture? I don't think everybody knows yep. what that is, and also yep. what, how would you define like traditional Chinese medicine? Yeah. <clears throat> so. Uh, Chinese medicine is really gaining popularity, but it's still pretty normal for uh, if I have a brand new patient that I've never met, chances are they've never had acupuncture before. So it's still very normal for people to be, you know, introduced to the medicine. Um, so in a nutshell, I guess, uh, Chinese medicine is a complete form of medicine. We use acupuncture, moxibustion, which is a burning of an herb at an acupuncture point, Cupping, which a lot of people have heard of um, since Michael mm -hmm. Phelps made it famous. <laughs> um, and we do other uh, modalities like auriculotherapy using um, the microsystem of the ear to treat the body. And then Chinese herbology is a major form of Chinese medicine. Um, and it's probably the modality that is, uh, I guess, people don't know about it. People know about acupuncture and they know how acupuncture can help, but they don't know the power of Chinese herbs necessarily. Um, and so that's one thing that, um, you know, I kind of introduce to patients over time, all the different modalities. Um, we start with acupuncture and kind of layer the treatment from there. And what types of um, illnesses or issues would you say people mostly come in with to... Yeah. you know, seek out those types of treatments. Yep. Um, it's well known that acupuncture treats pain, um, but most of my patients are referrals. And so um, my specialty is digestive health and women's fertility and women's health in general. 
Um, we also offer cosmetic acupuncture. That could be a whole nother podcast. What, <laughs> so yes. what is that? Yeah, a... Cosmetic acupuncture is the alternative to Botox. It's a natural, safe alternative to some Ooh, of these more huh? aggressive <laughs> treatments. That sounds exciting. Uh-huh. We will definitely be having a follow-up yeah. podcast yes. episode on that topic. Yeah, so we do cosmetic acupuncture here at Fusion, and we also do uh, standard traditional Chinese medicine. Um, but truly, it's a complete form of medicine. So anything from allergies to insomnia, uh, menopause, pre and post operative um, pain, as I mentioned, um, we do even treat pediatrics here at Fusion. So I do see quite a few children um, seeking treatment for um, some uh, pretty unique illnesses and um, others for simple things such as not simple, I guess, but common ADD, ADHD autism spectrum, things like that. So can you explain, I think for some people, they think acupuncture and there's needles and it's going to hurt and you just poke a bunch of needles in my body. But obviously it's much more than that. Can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, So I was originally trained by my aunt uh, who practiced a more Japanese style of acupuncture. And then I got my formal training in traditional Chinese acupuncture. So my technique is very, very gentle. I consider them to be more like wires. They're bendable. They're completely a different experience than what you're thinking when you go to your Western physician and you have a vaccination or a blood draw, something like that. Um, So these um, acupuncture needles are like as thin as a human hair. And they're essentially painless. And so after that initial tap, the needle goes in. Sometimes you don't feel a thing. Other times you'll feel a small sensation, less than a mosquito bite. And then, um, and then nothing, no sensation at all. Um, it releases your natural endorphins. You become relaxed, take a little nap. It's, it's a surprisingly lovely experience. And I can attest to that because I came to see Monica, I don't know, it was probably like a year ago now or yeah. even more. Yeah. And I have a huge needle phobia, um, which is why I had never tried it before. Mm -hmm. Stephanie recommended you. And um, I was pretty terrified, actually. And I Mm -hmm. found the experience to be quite relaxing and not painful at all. So, yeah. And, you know, most patients don't come in saying, I don't mind needles. I mean, nine times out of (laughs) 10, people are like, I'm a little scared. And so, you know, we just walk people through. I say, I'm going to, you know, explain to you what you're going to experience before we do it. And then people go, oh, that's it? There's an acupuncture needle in? Like, you can't even tell. Right. Um, so. And how do you determine where you place the needles based on someone's yeah. ailments or symptoms that yeah. they're trying to resolve? So we choose that based on what we call a differential diagnosis. And the idea of a differential diagnosis is probably what sets Western medicine and Eastern medicine the most apart. Um, we come up with what we feel is the underlying root problem of the patient's dis-ease or symptoms. So we don't have a protocol for headaches and a protocol for insomnia and protocol for fertility. We take into account um, a few things. We check the patient's pulses, three different positions on both wrists, each position pertaining to a different organ system, a different meridian, and we feel for the quality of the pulse. And then we look at the patient's tongue, and the tongue is like uh, this wonderful map into the inside of the body. And so um, as like a blood draw and an x-ray would be to a Western physician, the tongue and the pulse are to an Eastern physician. And so even if the patient told me nothing about what they were experiencing that day, we technically could choose quite a few of the correct acupuncture points customized for that patient just based off of the pulse and the tongue alone. That's so that's similar to Ayurvedic medicine. Is yep, it, yep. Is There's that the some overlap. Because I know I've done a little research into that mm-hmm. and met with 
an Ayurvedic doctor at one point, and she did the same thing. She mm-hmm. looked at the tongue and yep. the pulse points. Yeah, there's definitely some overlap in these um, Eastern, more traditional medicines. So then uh, the patients do tell us their symptoms, and uh, we ask uh, quite a few questions. Our questionnaire is quite long and lengthy because we want to know what does your sleep have to do with your headaches and vice versa, and, and what do your hormones have to do with your digestion, and we want to put it together kind of like this map or this puzzle. So we're seeing a pattern, and instead of just saying, okay, the diagnosis is migraine headaches, we, we could say, okay, well, the diagnosis is liver cheese stagnation. And when we know that underlying diagnosis, that differential diagnosis, we can not only treat the headache, but we can treat the wide a range of other symptoms that might pertain to that imbalance. And then we can also prevent other issues from going, uh, you know, going wrong. So if we know that there's um, a pattern happening, we can prevent other issues within that pattern from happening as the patient ages or experiences other stress in their life. Yeah. And I can attest to the length of that questionnaire. I remember coming in and I honestly, Monica, the first time I came in, it was more as a holistic health coach, I wanted to have, um, be able to refer my clients Mm -hmm. to an acupuncturist and other just, you know, healers and different forms and modalities to help. And I didn't actually think that I needed an acupuncturist. Mm -hmm. And you were the one, I mean, without getting into too many details, really dove into um, some hormonal issues that I was having and elevated things that my doctor and OB hadn't even ever addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw you on a regular basis for quite some time. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's just fascinating. Um, yep. And the approach, the the Eastern medicine approach to healing and getting to the root cause. Yeah. And there's this idea in our culture that um, Western medicine is taking care of preventative medicine and I don't think they are. I think they're uh, very good at early detection, and I think they're good at uh, emergency medicine. Mm -hmm. But we're really, really lacking in true preventative medicine and what that means in terms of lifestyle and, you know, medicines that truly are, you know, preventative before something goes wrong. Um, And I think East Asian medicine is really going to help people understand that concept a little bit better in the West. And how have you been able to do that? Or maybe share an example or a story um, of how you've been able to help someone preventatively or just even an example also of where someone has seen multiple or at least one Western trained doctor or healer and how you've taken a different approach and how Mm -hmm. you've been able to, to help heal them. I think I'd like to share a story of a patient that I'm seeing right now who I would actually really like to write an article on. It's a pediatric patient, and um, he is young. He's an elementary age kid, boy, and he um, was diagnosed with pandas. Mm -hmm. And it's a pretty significant deal. And so um, about a year ago, he had um, six rounds of strep throat in a row. And they were treated with antibiotics. And after that sixth round, um, he started not to feel well in a big way. Um, Emotionally, kind of broke down. He um, formed a stutter. He never used to have a stutter. He was having um, aggression issues where he never used to have problems. You know, at school, things weren't going well. Um, His handwriting regressed. Also, all these strange neurological issues were happening. And finally, they did diagnose him with uh, pandas, but um, 
there wasn't a real clear-cut way to help him. And that pandas, I know, is very controversial it is. today in itself. Mm-hmm. My husband's a pediatrician. So, ah, so you know a little bit about So this. I do okay. know quite a bit about it, and I know some kids that have yeah. also been diagnosed with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they brought him in to see me, and of course I took a health history and learned all the medications that he was on, low-dose antibiotic for a long time, um, a steroid to help suppress the immune system, because every time that he would uh, be exposed to a common cold or flu, even by one of his siblings, his neurological symptoms would get way worse. They had to take him out of school, and uh, he was only able to go, you know, he like Skypes with his classroom now, you know, it just really went downhill. Um, and they had him on, uh, I believe, some medications that are generally used for kids with ADD and ADHD. Um, but he wasn't feeling well, and it w- really wasn't helping. And uh, and so we started to do acupuncture once a week. And then I prescribed Chinese herbs um, that I felt would address um, the central nervous system inflammation that was being caused by um, these pathogens that were still bothering his system. Um, and he's better. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. He's, he's like better. And they have taken him off the majority of his medications. They're slowly weaning off some of the last ones. And, uh, yeah. So for the last year, whenever he'd be around, you know, a a normal amount of, you know, virus, bacteria, whatever, he'd have that big flare up in the central nervous system, but he would never get sick. He would, his body wouldn't respond with a normal fever, you know, common cold symptoms. Well, the other day, they called the front desk and said, um, they're wondering if so-and-so can come in. He has 101 degree fever. And I was like, yeah, he can come in. <laughs> and uh, and so the mom brought him in. Of course, most parents would be like bummed that their kid had 101 degree fever. And she was like, I can't believe it. This cold, this virus went through our family. He never had a nervous system breakdown. He's been cool, calm and collected all week. And now he has an appropriate immune response. Right. Yay. Yay. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Such a great story. That's, I love hearing So that's that. a good one. That's a really... Yeah. That's, that's probably awesome. the most recent. There are many stories like that, uh, but that's a good one. So I'm wondering, like, when somebody comes in that's generally pretty healthy, maybe they have anxiety, maybe yeah. they have, yeah. I don't know, whatever, how many sessions yeah. does it take mm-hmm. to treat somebody? Or is it the kind of thing that it's ongoing? Great question. Uh, most patients will start out at once or twice a week, regardless of the severity or the type of their illness. And that's only because our goal is to really retrain the body's innate ability to maintain a degree of homeostasis and maintain a degree of health. So um, let's just use the headache example. Patient gets a headache once a week. We start doing acupuncture twice a week. And in between sessions, they're not getting a headache anymore. Then, you know, after maybe two, three weeks, we drop down to once a week. We do that for a while. Once the patient doesn't have a headache in between treatments again, we drop another treatment. We go every two weeks and so forth until we get about to a one month point. And at that point, we're considered to be, you know, in the prevention Maintenance yeah. <laughs> yeah, so people will come every four to six weeks, no matter what, if they're healthy, if they're sick. And some people have uh, a lifestyle where their stress is high and they need a weekly tune-up, and that's what they do. And, you know, so it, it becomes a, the patient's choice. Um, but in general, most patients can get to a point where they see their acupuncturist once a month. Would you say that acupuncture 
helps curb stress and anxiety? Oh, absolutely. It's the side effect. You know, people will come in and say, I want you to fix my knee or, you know, Mm -hmm. but I cannot, I literally cannot, you know, only treat one thing. It's not possible. You know, there's a point near the knee called stomach 36 and it like, the point is for energy and immune system and all sorts and digestion and all sorts of things. So I literally can't treat just one thing. I always, uh, we have to treat the whole body. It's just how the body is. Like we're mm, one right. system. We're not yeah. these individual. individual little, you know, parts and pieces that we learn about in our anatomy and physiology book. Um, yeah, we're one whole body. And then you talk about a little bit about the Chinese herbs. And so how does that all play into it? Like to pretty much if someone comes to see you, does that become part of their maintenance yeah. and their treatment usually yeah and the, is that a supplement or are you actually like yep this is supplement herbs? Like, yeah so traditionally chinese herbs are given to the patient in their whole form and there's a special teapot and they we use the word decoct the tea over the stove and they uh-huh. drink it several times a day um but we don't have where we don't make the time to prepare a tea and prepare herbs in that way so much anymore Um, So the herbs that I prescribe here at Fusion are in a capsule form, and they're easy to administer. They're very, very effective. They're medical grade. They're prescription grade. They have to be prescribed by a physician, and um, they're definitely something that helps bridge the gap in between acupuncture sessions. Um, This is where, again, once we know that differential diagnosis, we choose the acupuncture points and we choose the herbs based on the same idea of what do we need to adjust in the patient's body to bring them into a state of health. And if somebody wasn't interested in taking herbs, would you say that the sessions themselves are beneficial? Absolutely. Yeah, we craft the the treatments to uh, the patient's individual needs and the patient's individual comfort level. And if somebody's brand new to Chinese medicine, um, you know, I try not to weird them out on the first time. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, am, I understand that a lot of these things are very foreign concepts. Uh-huh. Um, yes. And so once they get to know me and I've, you know, built their trust, uh, then I can start introducing them to ideas that are outside of their comfort zone. And uh, most of the time people are, you know, excited and willing to learn about the different ways we can mm-hmm. heal the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's actually one of the most relaxing treatments that I've had. I mean, honestly, I would come in and would look forward to just taking a nap Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the needles in. So it's a very pleasant experience. Yeah. Um, You mentioned immunity Mm -hmm. as one of the things that you work on or treat. And right now we're at the height of the coronavirus and we're hearing a lot about virus prevention and immunity. And um, how, how do you manage you know, discussing coronavirus with your patients and yeah. what are your recommendations? I mean, it's been something that has, uh, it's a hot topic right now and I have a lot of patients coming in to ask me about it. So yeah, I'm telling my patients that, you know, the fear about the virus will probably be more contagious than the actual virus itself. Um, and not that we don't need to be aware, but we don't need to be inundated. Um, and certainly, um, there are many things we can do to both prevent and treat any sort of virus, even bacteria. You know, there's we have so many tools that we can use, and um, who knows, maybe this will be an opportunity for us to um, share some of those tips and tricks with a greater audience. Um, so my son and my husband are leaving on an airplane tonight for um, Arizona. 
and I will certainly give them uh, some prophylactic Chinese herbs before they leave. But I would do that anyway, you know, because mm-hmm. of yeah. all the interesting things we can pick up on, you know, on an airplane. I have not had to treat a patient with coronavirus, you know, <laughs> right. we're not there yet. Uh, so I don't know that I would necessarily do anything different in my own routine. Um, you know, we're always trying to support the immune system, you know, especially in Minnesota during the winter months. Um, so there's nothing necessarily different I'm having people do um, other than induce more relaxation because everyone's so worried. So exactly. what, about if, what about if someone comes in, sorry, with the flu? If somebody comes in with the flu, we have Chinese herbs and acupuncture to treat the symptoms. And mm-hmm. Uh, the trick is if if we find uh, that a patient is coming down with something early on, we can totally nip it in the bud and actually completely stop the virus from continuing on. If we don't, if the timing isn't quite right, um, we still administer acupuncture and Chinese herbs. And what it does then is it just uh, significantly decreases the severity and decreases the duration. Uh, and then the big deal is preventing secondary infections. So, and even with the coronavirus, you know, the real fear is that it'll linger too long and turn into some strong bacteria, perhaps in the lungs, turn into pneumonia, and that's a big deal. Um, and so in Chinese medicine, we have herbs that uh, prevent that secondary infection from uh, lodging itself in the lungs. So Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you talked about just things that you normally do to make sure you have a strong immune system and... Maybe for someone who doesn't fully appreciate more traditional Chinese herbs versus going to the drugstore and loading up on a bunch of over-the-counter medicine. Can you maybe just explain what it is specifically that you would do just on an ongoing basis, especially during cold and flu season, Mm -hmm. versus maybe a more traditional Mm -hmm. path? That's a good question. Um, I could mention a few things that would be generically good for everyone. But also keep in mind that Chinese medicine is very customized. Mm-hmm. So, yes. you know, when we make these broad statements like everyone should be having, you know, ginger and everyone should be having lemon. I mean, those are pretty benign. Like, I don't yeah. think you could go wrong. Um, but again, the beauty of Chinese medicine is that I might prescribe something slightly different for you than I would for you, even if you're both worried about coming down with a virus. Just because of your different body constitutions, your other symptoms, the certain, you know, the um, what your body tends towards. If we can find out what your weak link is, you know, I know for you it always goes into the lung, you always goes into the sinuses, you know, so we can prevent right. different things for right. different people. So it is important to have somebody who you can, uh, who knows you, who really knows your full health and knows your system um, to give you the right advice. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. So we were gonna talk a little bit about um, traditional Chinese medicine and the seasons and the elements and how that all kind of connects and then maybe how that kind of drives the different healing modalities yeah uh so if we break chinese medicine down to its most like root fundamental uh like basic understanding of it we have yin and yang and we have the five elements and once we understand those concepts uh we can categorize everything else in chinese medicine around those ideas and uh, most people have heard of yin and yang, have kind of a simple understanding of it. Most people don't know about the five elements. And uh, I really love uh, explaining the five elements because I think it's so helpful in um, kind of reconnecting people to nature. We live in these really artificial environments, but our bodies and minds are still really connected to Mother Nature. So we have five elements, wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. 
and each element is connected to a certain organ system and a certain emotion and a certain season and etc 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 so it's this big web of connection uh, so right now I'm prepping my patients uh, about liver season which will be upon us shortly liver season is springtime and we'll start to see certain symptoms arise and the only reason for that is because um, the liver will become more active during the season and if there's imbalance if there's excess or deficiency if that yin and yang is off in any way um, our body will let us know about it so that you know it gives us a little red flag saying i'd like some help so what are some symptoms that your liver may be out of balance yeah so we see more headaches in the spring mm. we see allergies um, irritability so if you can imagine what's happening in nature the plants are upward rising, so the chi or the energy even in nature is rising. And the same can be true in our bodies. We can feel that energy in a similar way. And if energy rises too fast, we get headaches or irritability or any sort of symptom that rises too fast. Um, and the liver meridian uh, never fails to let us know if it needs some adjustment. Um, so we'll see um, mood changes, we'll see headaches and allergies are probably the most common. Mm-hmm. And I think allergies is a big one for everyone. And so mm-hmm. just people that we know, we talk to, they start popping over the counter allergy medicine yep. and for months on end, they're yeah. taking it indefinitely because yeah. they don't feel like they have another option. So yeah. what could be something, yeah. again, understanding yeah. that everyone's different and yeah. they really need to see a specialist to, diet, yep. to and recommend just, something specific, but just some broad The secret to allergies is seeing an acupuncturist before the allergy season hits. Because acupuncture was originally designed as a preventative medicine. It certainly can treat symptoms once they're already present. Um, but the secret is the prevention. So if you see an acupuncturist um, a month or so before your allergy season typically hits, you'll be amazed at how little, if any, allergy symptoms you feel once that season hits. Um, we certainly can treat allergies once they start. Um, in that case, we usually do have to use Chinese herbs to help you through the season. Um, but it's the secret is to heal the body before it needs healing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so springtime allergies, that season could start, you know, there's not Anytime. like a specific start date. There's not a so specific start date. When do you recommend someone comes in for springtime allergies? Like... Now or April? I mean, or... it could be now. Um, it it kind of depends on what sort of spring we have in Minnesota. If it goes back mm-hmm. and forth for a while, sometimes that's really hard on people because of snow mold. Right, um, right. So basically, if they've been doing their tune-ups all season long, you know, even through the winter, they're going to have a lot easier spring. If somebody is new to acupuncture, you know, they'd start at a um, more frequent, um, you know, visits than mm-hmm. somebody who's been in for their tune-ups throughout the winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how, like, what are, I guess, what's the typical reaction to someone who starts to see you because of an allergy and is preventative versus what they would typically have experienced before acupuncture or, you know, because I think even when you're taking a lot of these over-the-counter medicines, it, it doesn't like it, go, it doesn't go away necessarily. And I've done it before too. I'm taking that because I feel like yeah. there's no other option, but it's not like I feel a hundred percent anyway. I think, uh, the most exciting part is um, you don't have to deal with negative side effects anymore. So a lot of people don't feel super well in other ways taking 
um, allergy medication, and they're excited to be able to stop those medications and um, essentially not just treat things palliatively. It's not a Band-Aid treatment. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, if you're feeling better, it's because you're healthier, not just because we've suppressed something. And a lot of medications, I um, say, are kind of like taking a sledgehammer to a thumbtack. You're going to get the tack through the wall, but you're going to damage the ecosystem, right? <laughs> and so Chinese medicine is a lot more delicate about uh, making adjustments that don't um, that don't harm the other organ systems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you talked a little bit about just the liver and you know, maybe even expanding on the detoxification system and what the liver is doing in the springtime. And is there anything, any other um, advice or tips or strategies that you would have around that in addition to traditional yeah. Chinese herbs. Um, I do recommend a little bit of lemon juice in the morning, especially in the springtime for, for liver season. So okay. the secret is uh, when you wake up, I like people to um, squeeze a little bit of fresh lemon juice, maybe like a tablespoon, and uh, add that to a half glass of warm water, mm-hmm. warm or lukewarm, not cold. Mm-hmm. Swig that down and then wait about 15 minutes before they have their normal breakfast. And what that does, it just gets the liver up and going for the day before mm-hmm. the rest of the day starts. Yep. Um, and that little thing, uh, it's kind of amazing. It, it does really help people in terms of energy level and all the liver season issues. Uh, it's it's more of a preventative um, food as medicine kind of trick. Yep. Yep. I love that. I do warm water with lemon every day, I regardless do. of where yeah. I am in the yeah. world. Yeah. yeah. Or yep. what season it is. Or what season just, it is. Kind mm-hmm. of a habit. Yep. That's yes. a nice routine. Mm-hmm. So what would you, def- like, what dates would you define liver season? Is it March through June? Or what, what do you think of as liver season? I usually wait and see when I start to see, <laughs> see more patients coming in complaining of, of certain things. It's different every year. Um, and I think it is due to, um, I mean, our... Our seasons, even in Minnesota, are changing, you know. So mm-hmm. it really depends on where you live. I think it depends on where you live. I live yes. in California, then it may be different than in Minnesota it's, or yeah, Australia so. or wherever. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. And you've given so many, you know, just kind of tips and advice, but we love leaving our listeners with just some, some practical tips and strategies that they can implement you know, after they listen to this episode or the next day. Yeah. Is there anything else just as it relates to taking a more Eastern or traditional Chinese medicine view to overall health that you would recommend just kind of not for any specific symptoms, but just for overall health and wellness? Um, well, I think, uh, especially because we're at a spa, <laughs> um, the idea of luxury and what that actually means. Um, it's not something that we can take off of a shelf. It's not really something that we buy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the luxury of having enough time and having enough health to do the things that fuel us, you know, so that we can do the things we love and that, you know, so we can work hard and help others. Um, and so I think. Uh, just the mindset change of um, Eastern versus Western. We talked a little bit about the um, seeking preventative health mm-hmm. um, and not just waiting till it's broken. Um, Which is a big mindset shift for mm-hmm. a lot of people. It is, people. yeah, it's a fast-paced culture and we're, yeah. not, we're not rewarded for like, like we don't have siesta, you know? Right. Like a lot of <laughs> patients come in and, and they're like, oh, I'm still having to take a nap, I'm like, 
it's okay. You know, like we'll monitor like your energy level and your fatigue mm-hmm. level and that's um, relevant. But don't be hard on yourself. I mean, entire like cities shut down at like 3 right, p.m. Exactly. Like take a yes. nap. Yes. Like this is okay. Rest and rejuvenation is okay. And um, yeah, in the United States, it's, um, you know, go, go, go. You know, we don't sit down to drink our coffee, you know, like we're not, I don't know. Everything is to go. Everything is to go. We don't pause. We don't nap. (laughs) And if we do, it's shame, shame, shame. And um, right. So I think um, like reframing what what does luxury mean to you? What does health mean to you? Mm. I love that. So I have a totally different question. I've seen people with these little ear, I'm going to call them stickers, because I don't know what else to call them. Can you tell us a little bit about those and what they do and Mm -hmm. how you use them for people? Mm -hmm. Um, So she's referencing auriculotherapy, or ear seeds, we call them. And the ear is a complete microsystem of the body. And um, we do place acupuncture needles in the ears during a, a session. Um, but we often will place a, a bead or a seed or some sort of acupressure device. Um, we now uh, have them in Swarovski crystal form, so they're very fancy. Very fancy. Um, and those are gaining some popularity. My favorite is actually just a neutral colored one, and it, uh, the acupressure device is actually just a seed from a plant called a vicaria seed. And it essentially just stimulates the, the acupuncture point continuously for a few days. Um, So it can treat anything in the body, but often uh, used for pain um, and uh, can be used for jet lag or um, gosh, just anything. Um, But we we place them in the ear. Yeah, often. So when patients leave, they have a little something that will help their treatment kind of carry on for the next few days. Yeah, I've done that before. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So how can people find you on social media? Social media, I am on Instagram, traditional Chinese medicine. Um, You can also uh, take a look at Fusion Life Spa on either Facebook or Instagram. And so if someone wants to make an appointment to come see you, they can just go to the Fusion Life Spa website? They can. Yeah, we still like talk to people over the phone to schedule. It was like very old-fashioned. I know, but kind of lovely because you talk to a real person. Yes, and it's a beautiful building and I just love the space here. The the space is wonderful. It's all designed according to feng shui. Yeah, it's it's a little gem in Deep Haven, Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. We have a nice boutique full of all natural um, care products Mm -hmm. and you can pair your acupuncture treatment with massage or a facial or a curative bath, a hammam. There's really some interesting things on the menu. I could go check in right now. It's yeah, so I know. Yeah. We're going to have to schedule another day to come back. And we'll link up all this information in the show notes. Yes. Um, so, Monica, as we wrap up this wonderful conversation, one final question that we like to ask all of our guests is, what does the art of living well mean for you? The art of living well, for me, uh, means I have enough time, energy, and money to fulfill my dreams and to help other people fulfill their dreams. And um, that balance is in constant flux. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thank Thank you you so much much for coming Thanks for having me. Or for having us, yes. Yeah. 
Yes, um, actually, for letting us come to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank and you for coming. <laughs> we would love to have you back on the show. There's so many topics that we, we could dive deeper into. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. So we'll look forward to that another time for sure. Right. And have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Stephanie, can you believe that the average mass-produced bottle of wine can contain up to 16 grams of added sugar? I know, that's crazy. That's more than a glazed donut. Oof, she kind of grosses me out. But anyway, we're so excited because we finally found clean-crafted wine that we enjoy, that tastes good, and we don't feel like crap the next day. I am loving these Scout and Cellar wines. We've tried several of the different types and all of them taste good like Marnie said and we love the fact that there's no added sugar they're free of chemicals and pesticides they're grown with organic grapes and sustainable farming practices and they have very low sulfites which are one of the things that can often cause the headaches the next day and you know it's summertime it's patio season it's so nice to just get outside if you enjoy having a glass of wine um, we are super excited to be part of Scout and Cellar, and we do have our online shop. So you just head on over to www.scoutandcellar, that's S-C-O-U-T-A-N-D-C-E-L-L-A-R.com slash the art of living well. You can have clean crafted wine delivered to your door. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.